0: Welcome back to Ignite. I want to talk about how life begins when God's purpose becomes your purpose. It's, it's, it's amazing to me how often the question is asked, what's God's purpose for my life? I've, I've been in so many settings where I've seen that to be true. I, I was in a Bible study a while back and um, one of the businessmen, a very high-powered businessman, had just retired and he said, um, so now I'm searching for God's purpose for my life. And everybody warmed to that. At the end of the meeting, they all gathered around him and said, God, we, we pray that you'll reveal Bob to Bob your purpose for his life. I'm thinking, how far we you get off the mark? Oh, my goodness. Um, it's, it's not about God's purpose for your life. In fact, do you know God doesn't have a purpose for your life? Did you know that? <laughs> it's true. You can't you you could search the scriptures inside and out. You'd never find God's purpose for your life, um, because there's only one purpose, and it's God's purpose. Romans eight twenty eight. The scripture I use probably ten out of eleven podcasts everywhere I go because it is the quintessential scripture that sh- that shouts the message of how we're supposed to live our lives for God's purpose. This one, of course, where he says, uh, I will make everything in your life work to good, together for good from now until you get to heaven. Imagine this promise. There, there's no other promise in the Bible like this after John three sixteen. I, I promise you from now until you get to heaven, now that you're saved, I'm talking to Christians, I promise you from now until you get to heaven, I'll make everything in your life work together for good if you love me, all your heart, all your mind, so love me and you live your life for my purpose. And there's no question about what his purpose is to seek and save the lost, to move everybody every day closer to to Jesus. So then how does that relate to us? Well, then in Jeremiah 29, he talks about that famous verse, uh, for I know the plans I have for you. Um, Wow. (laughs) He has a a unique plan for each one of us for how we're to fulfill his purpose. That's what life's all about, okay? Uh, I've told this story many times, but it's appropriate right now to repeat that I was sharing my faith so often, Karen and I both, my wife and I were both, sharing our faith so often that we had concluded that God was leading us into full-time ministry. Now, I'd entered the retail market in 1973, so I had alligators up to my ears and, and I could catch it. I could see that it was coming. I was so excited about my business. But at the same time, I felt this tug of going into full time ministry. And I, so I closed the door to of my office this one day and, and prayed the most fervent prayer of my life. I said, God, I want to do what you want me to do, I, whatever it is. And you know, as much as I know, that if I leave my business, I'm the third generation leader of my business. If I leave it, it will fail. And I have two little girls to feed, by the way. (laughs) But if you want me to go to full-time ministry, I would do it, But but I said to him specifically these words, but you almost have to tell me in an audible voice. And he did. About 20 minutes later, a guy walked in my office by the name of Dave McNutt. You probably already know the story if you followed me very long on this, but it's a profound story. How I'd never spoken to this guy—he was in my church. He'd spoken from the platform. I knew he was a missionary kid, grew up in Africa, but I'd never exchanged a glance with him. And now he's in my office, (laughs) and he walks in and saying, "I was just in the area. Thought I'd stop by and find out uh, how's it going." And I made a snap decision that as a missionary kid, he probably wasn't into cool cars and shiny paint finishes. So I started sharing with him faith-sharing opportunities I'd had right up to the day before. And he looked at me, he says, God's given you a wonderful ministry here, hadn't he? I said, whoa, wait a minute. What are you saying? Why would you say that? He said, well, a pastor can't reach the people you're reaching, but as a businessman, you can. It's obvious that your business It's your pulpit. Um, It's also a lesson in obedience. What if he had not been obedient? I would have been a horrible pastor. I'm not a pastor. Thank God I'm not a pastor. I don't want the weight of a pastor. I just so admire pastors and what they have to go through. I'm a businessman. I love to sell. I'm a marketer. But we're also called to full-time ministry. You, I, all of us, we're all in full-time ministry whether we like it or not. And God's plan for me was that I stay planted in my business and I use my business as my pulpit. Do you get it? My business is not my purpose. When I get to heaven, it's not going to matter how many bottles of car wax I sell. The only thing that's going to matter a hundred years from now is how many people are in heaven because of my influence. Or should I say, the only thing that will matter a hundred years from now is how many people are in heaven because of your influence. And when you do that, you're living in the promise of Romans eight twenty-eight that he'll make everything in your life work together for good. Now that is living in the fog. That is living in the favor of God. See you next time.